Welcome back to the Under the Dome Radio Podcast. This is our quick initial thoughts episode right after watching The Fire. Check out the show notes at underthedomeradio.com slash six. This is episode six of the episode. Again, most of our regular segments will be in our full review with your listener feedback. Right now, Troy and I, Wayne Henderson, going to share some of our favorite scenes, initial thoughts. Just finished watching moments ago. Troy finished up earlier. You know those Chicagoans, what they do. Uh, you're still awake and still with us for the recording, though, right, Troy? What? Sorry, my bad. Yes, I am here. Excellent. So, episode two of Under the Dome, and we want to hear your thoughts and theories. Let me throw that out real quick. Give us a call at area code 904-469-7469 or Go to underthedomeradio.com and use the widget on the right-hand side. We're going to record the full episode um, Wednesday afternoon, so the sooner you can get in those crazy thoughts and theories, the better, so we can play you on the next episode. Oh, and check this. We just got a direct message from Colin Ford, who on Twitter is Colin Ford Actor. He sent us a direct message. He wanted to let everybody know that he's very sorry, but his Twitter account crashed during the airing of Under the Dome, but he promises to share the love next week. So we are definitely here to send any messages that uh, Colin Ford and other stars of the show have. And so maybe because it just got so hectic, Colin's Twitter account just crashed. But Colin Ford, who on Twitter is Colin Ford Actor, uh, DM'd us to let us know to pass along the word that he's very sorry that his Twitter account crashed during the airing and he will share the love next week. So, Colin, thank you so much for getting in touch with us, letting us uh, know about that. Definitely passing that along to everybody. So, Troy, initial thoughts on the fire. Well, I know for a fact that if you're one of the first 10 callers, we'll get your feedback in, you know, on the podcast. If you're after number 10, uh, then a front loader is going to bulldoze your house. <laughs> Don't think things will be quite that harsh. <laughs> uh, I was trying to figure out where's big Jim going when he took off. From, I mean, it's like, it, first of all, it was in the biggest thing that I found interesting about this episode was that we got confirmation that big Jim is the only councilman. Uh, that was the first thing that stuck out. Cause we definitely know that there's more than one in the book. And we'll talk about that in our, in the dome segment later this week. But I thought that was the, the first thing that stuck out. He is he is the leadership. Yeah, and that, that doesn't seem spoilery at all. I mean, that's just one of those things make it a little easier and less confusing for TV. But still, does that make him in charge of the town over the uh, police force? Maybe Acor so. According to the statute that he quoted in the pilot, apparently it does. Yeah, and he so, probably wrote that statute as well. <laughs> which I guess gives him liberty to just drive a front loader through whatever the hell he feels like, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but he won't let the owner of the front loader drive it into the dome to try to dig out because he's such a nice guy that he's helping save the guy's life. Yeah. And I thought that was really nice that he just came out there and he's like, no dude, shut that off. <laughs> I, I thought he was going to dig under at first. I didn't think he was going to drive through it, you know, cause everybody was, you know, last week was fearing about, you know, dig under it, dig under it. But he's like, no, I'm just going to drive right through. <laughs> I think he was going to dig his way out, but it wasn't going to work. And we did see some people dig in earlier in the episode, and so they kind of confirmed it goes down quite a ways. And right, so they're stuck, they're doomed. Maybe 
and and smoking is bad for your health whether you do it uh the the old-fashioned way or you know just breathing in that uh, charbroiled uh, wood and propane smell not a good thing we see the conspiracy has a few more people involved that was kind of uh juicy how they brought in the reverend who did they go out of their way to make him kind of creepy or what oh no doubt i mean he's first, i mean first of all he's you know coming in and he kind of get the confirmation that he's like high as a kite or something and you know then you you know, he just looked creepy <laughs> I, I, I don't know yeah it's kind of definitely kind of frightening at first that you know he might have been like a ghost or a spirit from god sent down definitely not a uh you know, an angel with swords or anything, more like a meek, tender kind of guy, but meek and tender in a way that it just creeps you out. Not tender in the way those legs were that were cut off by the dome. Oh, that was good. I want to know where the other half is. That's 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 the. It does. It's not about the dome. You know, whether whether it's giant contact lenses doesn't matter anymore. Now it's where's the other half of the body? That's it, the conspiracy. It's all about the characters, whether they're whole bodies or partial pieces. I have a feeling maybe wild animals, boars, polar bears, something <laughs> took them off into the woods. So that was pretty cool. And of course, we we had the uh, the whiz kids, or basically the whiz kid and his kind of smart friend with the skateboard, coming up with their plans. And so, if you were to give a yearbook classification to Benny, what would you give him? He'd be the class clown. Or the guy with the coolest hair, you know, depending on what age the yearbook was. I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, you're just sitting there smart, smart alecking off, you know, drawing a door on the dome. <laughs> hey, I found some spray paint, you know. Well, most people draw like, you know, a mural or something on the wall. He draws a door. <laughs> well, you never know. It very well could work. He might be related to Les Nessman on WKRP in Cincinnati, who another radio uh, themed show who always wanted walls. So he duct tape them on the ground this is true very very true i don't know but yeah. an explosive episode blew people away and all those metaphors yeah especially right at the end i mean uh we if you're listening to this one this is number six and we obviously did the interview with kevin sizemore aka now that you've met him paul randolph uh in episode number five and uh he's uh i don't know if he was crazy at the end or you know, inspired by the dome for some reason, or if he's actually the only one that's thinking straight. But uh, definitely, uh, dome is bulletproof. It appears. Now I don't know if uh, Mr. Randolph is thinking totally clearly, but I do believe what he says more than what these other people that are like, "Oh, all we have to do is stick together, and we're all going to be fine." Kumbaya here under the dome. He's at least trying to talk some sense, though he is a little over the top. But yeah, if you didn't hear episode five, our interview with the actor Kevin Sizemore, who plays Officer Randolph, you've got to check that out. It was a fantastic interview. Kevin is such a nice guy. We're blessed to have that interview with him, and he shared a lot of great information, fabulous stories. Definitely check out that episode. And he had some pretty important scenes in tonight's episode, The Fire. Yeah, you almost think that he was part of the conspiracy as he drives up with just a, a military armload in his trunk of his car. That's like, the guy we need to hang out with. It's like, hey, I just want to you know go hunting this weekend. I got some AK-47s. I got a grenade launcher. <laughs> <laughs> and none of it's going to help get, get them out of the dome. Uh, no. I, I feel bad for his unfortunate um, method there. 
because now there's yeah. one less uh, uh, po- police force person there in, in Chester's Mill. I don't think that the police force will be an issue. Just my hunch. I'm sure there will be many that will take charge and try to help out. Why not? <laughs> Trapped under the dome. Got well, nothing else to do. Well, nothing else to do. We've got houses. Suspiciously, the house of the person, the sheriff that just got killed, is now burst into flames. Eh, you know, we needed to have a barbecue anyway. People are getting hungry. It was very suspicious. And this uh, conspiracy, whatever it is, and somehow it involves propane, is is a little more far-reaching than what it seemed last week to viewers of the uh, TV show. Yeah, I mean, it sounded like the from the one scene that Jim said, Duke was kind of in on it, but it was to help the town. But then uh, the Reverend Lester Coggins, who is both reverend and mortuarian, apparently, or um, yes. autopsy performer. I don't know which, which one he was going to do, but definitely looks like he's got some medical background on top of his uh, reverendship. And, um, you know, from there, they kind of talk in that there had a separate part to the operation that Duke wasn't aware of. So we'll have to see how that plays out. Yeah, because he's definitely involved. And, of course, everything they are doing is for the betterment of the town. And you know why? Because we're all in this together. We're all in this together. Thank you, Mr. Rennie. Very well said. Love that guy. What would you say is the scariest scene in the episode? What really just kind of made your blood curdle, so to speak, Troy? I would say when Junior and Angie were looking across at each other with those doting eyes, or in this case, really creepy looking, I am going to either, I don't know, to you or with you or for you, but, and then he just pulls out a pair of um, photo booth pictures. (laughs) It's just like, I love you, Angie. Just, just gives me the willies. Junior is one creepy individual. And between his lies and her lies and Barbie's lies, there's a lot of lying going on, not to mention the cover-ups and the conspiracies. These people all have something to hide. That reminds me a little bit of Lost. What scared me the most in this episode, and, and this is just kind of a throwback thing, but when they first showed our friends there in the radio station that's under the dome where we've got... Uh, Doty, who's uh, a genius, another borderline genius there in the town, and uh, the DJ. And he just grabs onto the microphone and hovers it around. Don't they remember the first thing they tell you is never touch the microphone in the radio booth. And you have to make sure you're wearing your earphones so that you can hear what you're actually saying rather than just like grabbing them <laughs> at the last minute because you didn't know if you were on the air or not. That That's pretty important as well. But, you know, and then... Julia Shumway comes in. She's grabbing the mic. Oh, my goodness. The the program director is going to have a conniption fit. Well, I didn't see an on-air sign outside the studio, so it's not Julia's fault. She didn't know that he was actually broadcasting at that point. <laughs> yes, she did. She had her announcements to make. Everybody's going to be on the air. Last week, Jim Rennie. This week, Shumway. Who's going to take the mic there on their radio station that's under the dome next week? Call in with your feedback, 904-469-7469. We'll put the over and under on Rose Twitchell from the Sweet Briar Rose coming in to be on the air. She would be an, a good on-air host. I think she would do a great job. Well, yeah, because she's hosting everybody while they're having dinner and stuff. So, yeah, I think she'd have, like, you know, cooking with Rose from WYBS. wonder what the BS stands for in that town. Um, Probably a lot of it. <laughs> 
things are happening under the dome. And although I, you know, try to be kind of spoilery free as far as things that might be on the TV show that weren't in the book, I do always watch the trailers at the end. I had to see the trailer because now, to me, this episode really whizzed by. I could not believe how quick it was over. That's because I think this time you watched it without commercials. Coincidence? Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I, th I think this was a setup episode, so I'm really interested to see where the numbers pan out uh, tomorrow morning. Mm -hmm. You know, because uh, thirteen one five, I think, was the in initial take last week, and then it was you know sixteen million plus after the three days. So I'm 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 curious to see what the sustaining power is this week because it was more of a kind of set up and get the chess pieces in in play. And I think next week is where it'll all kind of start to pay off. Oh, definitely. I, I agree 100%. And I'm looking forward to watching this episode a second time and maybe even a third time, but at least once more before we record our in-depth episode, because there, there were things that I kind of saw or kind of got a feel for that I want to double check on and see if it wasn't just my geek factor. The fact that we're finally watching episode two of Under the Dome, that it kind of got to me. But it from what the just the first impression, it really seemed like a Stephen King episode in lots of ways that was my initial reaction to the feel of the episode so if you had one favorite line for the night what would it have been ah uh, too early to tell did you have a favorite line already i did and i think it was right after um of course it was big jim right uh the pro z 6000 powering up the uh the sweet by our rose and uh, Rose Twitchell says, what do I owe you? And Jim's like, ho, ho, ho. <laughs> I thought that was great. <laughs> that's, well, hey, if that's your favorite line, that's your favorite line. So. Cody had another one, but I didn't write it down. I'll have to go that, back and watch the one that was right after. Uh, uh, oh, she said, uh, she's like, why aren't you telling people about this? And she's like, we're not a news station. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we that, can't. We're not going to change format right here in the middle of a disaster. But those were those are my two ones that I marked down. That was those are my favorite. So now they're they're a news station. I love it. And again, th this is just our initial thoughts. We need to watch it once more and focus and come up with details. And we want to hear your feedback, your thoughts, your theories, your favorite lines. What scared you the most? 904-469-7469 or just go to underthedomeradio.com. Um, Troy, do you have any other uh, quick initial thoughts before we head on out and get ready to receive the feedback uh, through all the digital media ways that we can? I could tell you this much. If you're a book reader, you're going to want to listen to the In the Dome segment this week because I have a lot of notes. A lot of notes. Okay. That's the semi-spoilery, maybe, section of our show that's near the end. So if you're avoiding spoilers altogether, don't worry. We're not going to throw them out until the end so you can still listen to most of the episode and share all of the tv related goodness but it was so great to finally see officer randolph kevin sizemore on the show doing the action and pulling out the heavy artillery to try to help everybody in chester's mill and again if you haven't had a chance definitely go back to under the dome radio.com forward slash kevin so you can hear his great interview as he introduces us to paul randolph Granted, you have to time travel a little bit in your brain, but it's still a great interview nonetheless. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Definitely. That is, you know, out of, I've probably recorded about 230 or 240 episodes of podcasts over the years, 
since August 2005, whether it's Lost or Fringe or The VoiceOver Journey or Christmas or just my miscellaneous tuning in with Wayne Henderson shows, out of all those 240 podcasts, that interview with uh, Kevin Sizemore that we did the other day, that's in like my top three podcast episodes that I've ever produced. I'm so proud of that. And thank you, Troy, for helping out with that, putting that together. And between us and Kevin and Kevin being so kind to share so many great stories, it's just a, a great time. Great episode. I can't wait to play it again myself because Kevin shared a lot of links. And of course, we have all the things that Kevin wanted to share with everybody at underthedomeradio.com slash Kevin, because uh, he's got a good advice for actors. Even if you're not into Under the Dome, actors should check out that episode. If you know anybody that's getting into acting, he has some helpful hints in there as well. I think that's going to do it. We want to make sure that the listeners get their information in as quickly as possible because we don't want that front loader coming through your house. No, we don't want that. We will do anything we can to stop it. But uh, yeah, 904-469-7469, use the send voicemail button at the website, underthedomeradio.com, even from your smartphone, iOS, or Android device, and get that in hopefully Wednesday morning, prefer Tuesday, because we will record Wednesday afternoon for the normal July 4th episode for Under the Dome Radio. How patriotic. But until that next episode of Under the Dome Radio, you can look for us all around Chester's Mill. We, you might even be there. But you can always find us lost, out on the fringe, trapped under the dome. <laughs>